Good morning. We are in this uh, sermon series that's entitled Ezekiel, God's Heart for the World. And uh, today uh, we're going to continue on that series and talk about uh, them dry bones. If you'll open up in your Bibles to uh, uh, Ezekiel chapter 37, uh, you'll find uh, probably Ezekiel's most uh, popular of all of his prophecies. Uh, there's been a lot of songs named after it. We sang uh, one of those songs uh, this morning, but certainly uh, there's a lot of meaning behind this. And so we're going to try to try to uh, approach this text uh, with fresh eyes as we uh, try to get a little bit more understanding of God's heart uh, for this world. Uh, let's uh, let's uh, bow in prayer, and uh, then we'll dive into this passage. Father, uh, we are so, so very grateful for your amazing love and, and your grace, uh, grateful for your word. And I pray, Father, that you will just guide and lead us as we study. Pray for uh, wisdom and direction by your Holy Spirit. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. The hand of the Lord was upon me, and God brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord. And he set me in the middle of a valley, and it was full of bones. He led me back and forth among them, and I saw a great many bones on the floor of the valley, bones that were very dry. The Spirit of God takes Ezekiel into a vision that must have felt like a reality to him. And he was placed right in the middle of a valley, not on the edge of a mountain, but right in the middle. The mountaintops probably seemed so far away behind him, and yet it looked like eternity to reach the next summit. He looks around and there's bones all over the ground at his feet. And evidently, the valley is where folks went to die. Notice that these bones that he saw were not fresh. I doubt there's a real smell in the scene. But these bones are probably a decade old, dry and lifeless, these bones were a visual representation of Ezekiel's present reality. These bones were a visual representation of Ezekiel's present reality. This week, the news source WATE put out a news article that was entitled, it's a long title, Two in Five. Two out of five Knox County residents need mental health care per state report. Two out of five. 40% of our city, 40% of our community. Folks, that's, that's nearly half. And mental health care carries a stigma especially in the church. If you got Jesus, why would you need mental health care? Well, what many fail to realize 
is that Jesus has given us mental health workers, right? That Jesus speaks through folks like my wife and, and Anna and Mike and Shar and others who give hope to the hopeless and help for those who are just struggling with life. 40%. Two in five in Knox County, they're in the valley, aren't they? And I get it. Ben Harrington, the CEO of the Mental Health Association of East Tennessee, points out that this number has skyrocketed. And just two years ago, the population of one in five needed health care, needed mental health care. That skyrocketed. But look what we faced over the last two years. A pandemic, lost loved ones, lost jobs, political chaos, racial unrest, a war in Ukraine. You get the picture of a valley that is full of dry bones. And it may just hit home for you today. Depression, anxiety, and distress are present realities for many of us today. In Israel, they struggled because they had lost their homes. They lost their temple, their church. They had lost many of their loved ones. They were carried, they were carried off like they were livestock and forced to live away from their homeland. I can't imagine their sense of pain as they were sitting in the middle of this valley, wasting away. Depression, anxiety, distress. But they were also in a valley that was full of sin. Sins of arrogance, and pride had dried up their hearts before the Lord. They profaned and abandoned the holy name of God. We talked about that last week. And therefore, they were left in their sins, and they were dry and sinful. And God told Ezekiel in chapter 36 that their conduct was like a woman's monthly uncleanliness in my sight. They were drying up and dying in a valley that was their own doing. But it was the Apostle Paul who told us in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 through 3, when he says, as for you, you were dead like bones. You were dead in your transgressions and sins and the way you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and of rulers of the kingdom of the air. All of us, the spirit who is now in work in those who were disobedient. All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh, following its desires and thoughts like the rest. We were nature, by nature, deserving of wrath. And maybe some here today are sitting in that valley where you follow the ways of the world. Your marriage has become loveless as you pursue emotional and physical connection with a coworker, or a neighbor, or even porn. Your life has become empty as you pursue the cravings of more and more stuff piling on credit card debt and bills. 
Maybe you lack true intimate friendship because of your arrogance or hate-filled speech. You too may be wasting away in the valley of dry bones. But there's hope. The mountain may seem so far away. It may seem like it's been so long since you were at the summit before. You may feel weak. You may be feeling burdened and too burdened to climb. But listen to the prophecy that God gives Ezekiel starting in verse 3. He asks me, son of bones, son of man, sorry, son of man, can these bones live? And I said, sovereign Lord, you alone know And he said to me, prophesy to these bones, say to these bones, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign says to these bones. I will make breath enter you. You will come to life and I will attach tendons to you. Make flesh come upon you, cover you with skin and I will put breath in you and you will come to life. And then you will know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I was prophesying, there came a noise, a rattling sound. And these bones came together, bone to bone. And I looked, tendons and flesh appeared on them. The skin covered them, but there was no breath. And so God said to me, prophesy to the breath. Prophesy, O son of man, and say to it, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Come from the four winds, O breath. Breathe into the slain that they may live. And so I prophesied as he commanded me, and breath entered them, and they came to life. They stood on their feet. They were a vast army. How? Those bones were dry. How did God give them life? The people of Israel, how could he give them life? Their homes were gone. Their loved ones were dead. Their temple was destroyed, and they roamed around in their sin. Surely they'll be left to die, just like those dry bones. But no, God gives them new life and new spirit. I love Ezekiel's response. God says, Ezekiel, can these bones live? Can these bones live? If I was Ezekiel, I would have said, "Um, no. (laughs) To be honest, maybe it would have been easier for God just to start over and let those bones waste away. Maybe those bones were too dry, too dead. But Ezekiel doesn't say that. Ezekiel says, O sovereign Lord, you alone know. He says, I don't know if these bones can live again, but I know who can make it happen. Sounds like a scene I remember. In Mark uh, chapter 9, Jesus had uh, transfigured himself before Peter, James, and John. We're told his clothes became dazzling white, and Elijah and Moses appeared also and began speaking with them. I can't even imagine how these disciples must have felt, because the event 
was a clear statement about the nature and divinity of Jesus Christ. And they come down, listen to this, they come down from this mountaintop experience to a valley. And in that valley, Jesus finds his disciples arguing among one another. Why are they arguing? Evidently, a boy was brought to them who was possessed by an evil spirit, and Jesus' disciples couldn't help the boy. And so Jesus asked the boy's father in Mark chapter 9, verse 21 and 24, How long has this young man been like this? And the boy's father answered, Since he was a child. It's often thrown him into a fire. It's often thrown him into water to kill him. But if, if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. And Jesus said, if you can, everything is possible for the one who believes. And immediately the father exclaimed, but, but I do believe. Help me overcome my unbelief. This man was having a valley experience, literally in the valley of a mountain, right? He stood before the great I am. He stood before the creator of this world and exclaimed, I do believe, help me overcome my unbelief. And Jesus healed his son. And what a lesson for us, right? What a lesson for us as we maybe sit in the valley. A valley of difficult times. A valley of sin. We can cry out to God, the one who is able. And we can even cry out, please help me with my unbelief. God gave the man his son back. God put flesh and breath into dry bones and made him alive. And God can free you from sin. And God can help you through the valley. You can trust him. You can trust him. It was Paul who wrote in 1 Thessalonians 4.13, Brothers and sisters, we do not want you to be uninformed about those who sleep in death so that you do not grieve like the rest of mankind who have no hope. We don't grieve like the rest of mankind. When we are sitting in the valley of bones, we do not grieve like the rest of mankind. We are given hope, folks and a promise that we can hold on to. A British entertainer by the name of Sir Harry Lauder was very popular in England during the World War I. He also was working tirelessly to organize and recruit performers for shows given to troops abroad. While he was organizing and during World War I, his only son was killed. And he said to a friend, when a man comes to a thing like this, there are really only three ways out. There's drink, there's despair, and there's God. And by his grace, the last one is for me.
I know there's a valley. I know there's a valley. And it's brought you anxiety. It's brought you despair. It's brought you distress. And I know there's a valley of sin that you feel overwhelmed in. You feel burdened. You feel like there's no way out. Only drink or despair. But there is also God who took a valley full of dry bones and he brought it life. Don't you think God cares much more about you and can give you the life, the breath you need. As you face the valleys of life, please choose God. For communion this morning, we have some friends who are going to sing and play the song, Broken Vessels. I want to share the words for you this morning. It's all these pieces, they're broken and they're scattered. And mercy gathered, mended, and whole. Empty-handed but not forsaken, I've been set free. I've been set free. You take our failure, you take our weakness, and you set your treasure in jars of clay. So take this heart, Lord, I'll be your vessel. The world to see your life in me. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but I am found, was blind, but now I can see. I can see you now. I can see the love in your eyes, laying yourself down, raising up the broken to life. There are three stations set up as they sing, I ask you to take the cup which includes the broken life body of Jesus Christ, a blood that was shed for what purpose? But to give you wholeness, to give you new life. Reflect on the God who laid himself down, raising up the broken life. And then Dale will come and share with us as we take the emblems together. Or maybe somebody else. Maybe Jeff Womble. Let's pray. Father God, we can't say thank you enough for your amazing grace. And as we reflect on the valleys we've been in or the valleys we are currently in, I pray that we will be reminded of your incredible grace and mercy that we can trust in you. Help, Lord, please help those who are stuck in a valley of sin to be freed from sin through this power of Jesus Christ. Help, Lord, those who are stuck in a valley of depression and anxiety and despair. I pray, Lord, that you will give new life, that you'll bring these bones flesh, that you'll breathe new life in us this morning. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.